Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. I'm having a drink. <laughs> You're having a drink. He's finally drinking. It's afternoon. Yeah, that's right. He's Beer finally drinking. Now. He's put the calculator down. Now he's drinking. He's got a ways to go to catch up with me. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm a professional. I don't know if you know that. but I've heard that many times. <laughs> that's Jamil. He's a professional. <laughs> yeah, I don't yes. know who says that, but I like well. to think I am. But do they say it like this? Like, that's Jamil? Yeah, he's a real professional. <laughs> yeah, huh? What's wrong with that? Nothing. That sounds right. Yeah, it is. Now, I usually hear, like, you should be like Jamil. He's a professional. <laughs> you know, my mom's He's a professional. Yeah. And yeah, there you go. Speaking of professionals, how about that John Blickman? Hey, guy, now there's, now a, there's professional a professional guy. Professional what? I don't know. But... Uh, <laughs> He's a professional at making pal. making uh, incredible uh, brewing pieces equipment. of brewing equipment. Yeah. He is very very creative and and innovative and and uh, heck of a guy. So uh, a lot of fun to work with, and, and uh, I'm so glad that he sponsors this show. Yep. he's paying for the show, so you don't have to. Right, which bring, is which is a great thing. Yeah, bringing you all this fine brewing information. Yep, there you go. So if you appreciate that, if you appreciate not having to pay for the show, mm-hmm. I would suggest. Going to BlickmanEngineering.com, Blickman with two N's, mm-hmm. and sending them an email and saying, hey, you know, John at BlickmanEngineering.com, say, hey, John, thank you for sponsoring the show. I really enjoy the show. I get I get a lot from right. it, or these two are idiots, yeah. and why are you sponsoring it? <laughs> Whatever you want to send them, just so he knows you're listening. And, he appreciates uh, that. Yeah, he does. He, you know, he's part of the community, so he enjoys it. Uh, make sure you you tell them you enjoy it, and while you're there, take a look at the cool stuff they have on their website, or you know, make sure to to see them at uh, NHC this year. I'm sure yeah. they'll be there. Have a lot of interesting equipment there. I'm sure they I always think, always come up with something new. Do we have a remote from Blickman Engineering coming up here this year? Is that going to happen? I think we're uh, we're negotiating. We're negotiating. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. trying July-ish, to trying to make it happen. My people are talking to his people. That's yeah. all I can say. Yeah, that's all I can say right now. Hey, what if you don't appreciate the fact that this show is free? What if you wish to pay for it? Well, uh, well go to the Brewing make, Network store, then I would say. Um, you know, I'd say make the checkout to uh, cash and uh, send it to me. I'll take care. I'll make sure it gets to the right, right place. Don't worry. Heretic Brewing's uh, yeah. CO Jamil Zanishev? Yes. Yeah, that sounds good. Make it out to cash. Absolutely. All right. Speaking of cash, today... Uh, what are, Kind of transition. Speaking of cash, uh, we're we're talking about uh, how to cash in on great starters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> we're talking cash in on great starters. Uh, we get a lot of questions about starters. We've done a yeah. show on starters. 
But uh, the questions keep uh, rolling in. So they we've uh, gathered those questions together. You can always send your questions in to the uh, Bruce Strong at thebrewingnetwork.com. And uh, we'll add those into shows or we'll make whole shows at them. That's where right. we get a lot of yeah. our ideas because we're quite lazy. And uh, if you do the <laughs> thinking for us, we will uh, do the, the answer. And so there you That's go. That's right. So, we like uh, hearing from you. Yeah, we got uh, uh, a good a good deal of uh, great questions, I'm yeah. sure. But uh, keep, keep the word small because Scott's got to read them. Right, right. And limit yourself to one question per email. Because when you put like six in there, we're just like confused. Yeah. Especially when they're on different topics. Just, you know, start Yeah, we just try to email. organize them into specific days. Yes. For your we like, we like you know, topics that kind of kind of go together. Yep. That's what we're trying to do now. Anyways. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's take a uh, very quick break. And when we come back, Scott will be ready to read the first question. So we'll be back right after this. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant well thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The auto sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones, no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, 
Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. All right, BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit AustinHomebrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brew Vent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit AustinHomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, AustinHomebrew.com. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. What we talked about during that break, we talked about uh, getting internet service from uh, various providers. Yep, for the talked, new, uh, what's up it's going to be called? The, the Hop Grenade. Hop Grenade. Looking forward to that. Yeah. We talked about, uh, what else? We talked about something else. Oh, well, the HA Rally at Heretic the coming HA up. HA Rally at Heretic coming That's absolutely all right. I keep neglecting to mention that on these shows. <laughs> We've got AHA Rally coming out, uh, Heretic, April 26th. It's a Saturday from right. 1 to 4. If you're yep. an AHA member, you're getting in for free. Cool. If you're not an AHA member, you can just show up, and then you can sign up there at the door. They'll, they'll Excellent take time to join, yeah. And then and then you, you get a year of Zymergy Magazine. You get the, the pub discount program. You get the... The uh, you know all the other stuff with the conference and all that, and uh, we're going to provide uh, a couple of pints of beer for free. Cool. John Palmer's going to be there. John Palmer Signing. will be there. Yes. Jamel Zanishev's going to be there. Jamel's going to be there. That's be awesome. Uh, we're going to for the first hundred and fifty people, they're going to get a free five star uh, cleaning kit. Oh, they're nice. going to get five gallons of wort for free. Whoa. They're going to get a vial of White Labs to pitch in that work. Whoa. So you can make, make like, beer for free. You nice. just need to bring a container. And then uh, there's other giveaways, and they're going to have all sorts of uh, raffles and sh- shirts and all sorts of stuff. It's going to be a good old time. That you're going to have nice. some food trucks there. You're going to be able to, to like, crawl around the brewery. Uh, right. It's, it's going to be uh, quite interesting. <laughs> Take pictures with Warren's beard, perhaps? Right. Yeah. You can like you know smear that all over your face. You can maybe uh, we've got we we harvested something from Warren's beard, ah, and we've been growing it up, oh. and we're not sure bacteria yeast. So we got some, we got some differential plates to to use to uh, <laughs> to figure that out. But uh, we've been we've been growing it up, and people think it's disgusting. It's like well, it's a when you grow something up from a single cell. A single cell. There's no contamination whatsoever. There is nothing in there that is like Warren's beard. It is the cell that had landed on there. And so, uh, you know, I... I, Cal Ale yeast. Believe me, I'm I'm very uh, OCD and 
uh, anal about you know cleanliness and all that. And I would not want to you know touch Warren's beard. But the cells that have been plated out, streaked and plated out. That's pure. There's nothing. There's nothing the, in there from Warren's no beard. No contamination. What it landed on there. So oh. it, it could have been like a furnace filter that this was harvested from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It could have been a sterile, you know, polyester filter that mm-hmm. you know this had landed on, and we were, yeah. you know, it just happened to be one that Warren was carrying around. Right. Exactly. It could have been you know from people's shirts to the top of their head, whatever. Doesn't doesn't really matter. So it's pure. It's clean, and. uh I think, you know, that people don't realize that. Just yep. <sighs> Justin said he wishes you would tent and spray the place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, there you go. No, please. Our place is, uh, we've got one of the cleanest breweries around. I don't know. I, well, you did. I, I'm, I'm very, very pleased. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm guessing it's like, uh, it's like a, a Budweiser yeast here <laughs> that's in his beard. <laughs> he did go on the tour. I think that's where it came from. That could be. All right, well, you want to uh, do some uh, starter questions here? Yeah, sure, why not? First one's from Luke Snyder. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, hey, guys, can you discuss the difference between yeast nutrient and yeast energizer? What are the uses for each? Well, a lot of it is, you know, Semantics. based on the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, what the manufacturer says. Oh, I've got energizer. I've got nutrient. Mm-hmm. But that being the case, I would think generally when people are talking nutrient, they're talking like uh, yeast hulls. They're talking, uh, you know, biotin, vitamins, mm-hmm, things like that. And when they're talking energized, so they're probably talking about uh, diammonium phosphate. They're talking right. about, you know, uh, things like that. Uh, Fan. You know, uh, free amino nitrogen. They're talking about, uh, you know, stuff that uh, is more yeast fertilizer. Food. Yeah. Yeah, fertilizer. And in more beer, they used to call theirs. Uh, Yeast fertilizer. Ah, uh, interesting, yeah. And I told them, I said, don't call it fertilizer. <laughs> maybe, maybe they still do. I said, don't call it fertilizer. People look at fertilizer as poo True. that you're yeah. throwing on something. So don't call it fertilizer. Especially here call in California. Yeah. And so I think they still call it fertilizer. You know, they like they listen to me. And I'm like, don't call it fertilizer. People won't buy that. Uh, but yeah, I, I would think the Energizer is more fertilizer. And, uh, you know, the uh, nutrient is more nutrient of a is more multivitamin yes. protein stuff. There you go. And there's no guarantees of that. Make sure, you know, find out what's in it. Yeah, there's no accepted definition. So it's whatever the manufacturer says it's mm-hmm. going to be. Yep. I just want to show you guys good uh, question, this question before I start reading. We have a, a whole page here. So I'll try to okay. be concise. Yeah, I did not vet any of this. No. Was this morning. Uh, I'll just get was, comfortable here while you rattle that off. Our, our yeah, email right. screener is again, uh, on vacation. One... One question per email. Right. Keep them keep them to a paragraph. Uh, let's see. This is Jeremiah Hansen. He said, "Hey guys, I'm fairly new to home brewing, and I have a good fortune to have a single barrel all grain system." Um, I've been. Uh, let's see if I can actually find a question on here. Okay, here's the questions. Can I use a stir plate for starter use of this size? Uh, he was talking about doing a one barrel starter uh, for a one barrel batch. A starter yeah. for a one barrel, batch. right? Okay. Uh, well, and your your stir plate and your your starter size can be anything. Doc is famous for his like five gallon carboy stir plate <laughs> starters. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, you know, a five liter Erlenmeyer is actually fairly easy to find. Uh, again, yeah. more beer carries them. Those are nice size. And uh, you know, you throw that on a stir plate. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. You know, depending on what kind of beer you're brewing in a barrel size, yeah. Uh, you should be able to 
to you one know, one thing up. about stir plates and the, and the stir bars you don't need a bigger stir bar for a bigger starter uh the small a small stir bar you know an inch long two inches long is plenty <laughs> is that what she bigger. told you yeah uh-huh. You know that that will get the vortex going. You don't need you know the the four inch stir bar that's a half an inch thick. Really? Yeah. So you're saying it's the motion of the stir bar, not the size of the stir bar. That's right. Yeah. Right. Right. The motion, you know, stirring will so happen. Why, why do they have different sizes of stir bars? Then I don't know. Maybe to appeal to men. <laughs> yeah. But uh, certainly, I mean, even doing large, you know, one gallon, two gallon starters. Uh-huh. Um, a, a smaller stir bar actually worked just as well for creating the vortex and the wort as the large one. Eventually, it takes a little longer to get. I think you yeah, know, and to it come depends up to on speed. speed. But yeah. yeah, eventually the the motion of the wort in the center will eventually translate out to the outsides of the starter. Yeah, uh, eventually it it all takes. takes but place. I burned out a stir plate trying putting too large a stir bar on top of it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it overheated. It, uh, don't know why it makes so much difference, but it did. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder why they, they well, but I, I could imagine, you know, for, for varying viscosities and speeds, you know, lower speed, mm-hmm. uh, the shear force, when you get too high a speed, can damage some cells, I would imagine. Yeah. If you're, you know, in between there and really super high speed in order to, uh, you know, get something stirring. But, uh you know, when I see people doing starters and stir plates, they tend to run those things at insane speeds. Oh, it's yeah, like, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, the devil's vortex going down <laughs> yeah. into the ocean. This is not a blender, folks. <laughs> right. It's not a blender. You're not making margaritas here. Yeah. <laughs> you're just, you, you need to. Uh, Get a little you know, bit of motion going right. on. You, you're just trying to mix things up. I think you know, yeah. you'd be all right. And uh, all right. So we want one barrel. Can you use a stir plate? Yes. Should you use a stir plate? Yes. Uh, what size should it be, Mr. Multicalculator? Okay. He also wants to know, uh, does he really need three packs of yeast? What would happen if he just uses one? Uh, you, could, you could use one and grow it up in stages if it's, if it's not enough. It's just, you know, if you want one step to get to enough, then, you know, maybe you need three if you're using the Mr. Multi-Calculator as a gross slider, you can use that slider to any value that it shows you is valid. So you can move it all the way to get more growth and use less packs, and, and that's that's still valid. Okay, he, uh, one last uh, follow-up from this guy. He said, uh, what growth factor should I use? Anything that the calculator will, will allow you is, is valid. Check out that calculator. Just, yeah, it just depends on... You know, if you want to to use more packs or not, you know, Mr. Multi dot it, it affects the volume. So if you've got a smaller vessel, you use less packs, so you can kind of you know get it done, or you know you can use more you know fewer packs and just grow more, and and you end up you know at some point like brewing a five gallon batch of beer. So, and that's fine too. You can do that. You know, a lower lower gravity five gallon, right. gallon batch of beer. Okay, here's one from uh, Christopher Owen. He said, uh, in your episodes on enzymes, you talk about protein rest with highly modified malts. Specifically, when using a highly modified malt, it is best to avoid a protein rest uh, or keep the protein rest to just a short period of time. Uh, The rationale that you gave said that since the malts were uh, already so highly modified, a protein rest would only further degrade proteins, thereby breaking down head-forming proteins into peptides and uh, free amino nitrogen. 
So he said, I'm curious uh, if we could use this to our advantage uh, in making our own yeast nutrient from malt. If I took a cup or two of grist and held it at an extended protein rest uh, as I'm heating up my mash water, can I effectively break down the proteins in the malt all the way to amino acids and essentially provide the equivalent free amino nitrogen uh, of a commercial yeast nutrient? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, I, it's how are you going to measure your results, really? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's almost easier just to order a packet of yeast nutrient <laughs> rather than, you know, trying well, to... Well, <laughs> and, you know, and the thing is concentration. So, in that liquid, you know, uh, what concentration do you have versus if you take a right. dried, you know, nutrient and add that to a liquid, I mean, you can you can get to a, a level right. that's, that's yeah. much higher. So... He said, An interesting uh, thought, though. He said, "He actually thinks, <laughs> thinks while he drinks or something." I don't. He said, "Additionally, will this break down proteins to the point that they release their mineral cofactors like zinc and make it available to yeast later during fermentation?" No. Yeah, but there is some zinc, you know, that comes from yeah. the malts that yeah. uh, is is available. Right, these. but it, it 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 it's a very small amount. I mean, right, but <clears throat> isn't that based off of uh, you know the uh, you know ratio of weight by weight? You know, it's it's minimal. But, yeah, but uh, I mean, on the other hand, needed? we don't know. I don't think we know how that zinc is bound. Mm-hmm. So whether it's proteolysis like cer- will release it, right? I have like no idea. Mycetes that. Uh, uh, you know, is supposedly you know a bioavailable zinc right. for for something like that. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, you know, it's interesting to think. I, I I think the answer is still just go buy some nutrient and use that. Yeah. But I I think you know the the listener is is on to something there and has an interesting uh, you know thought process because. Yeah. There are a lot of you know we we talk about the minerals and nutrients that are that do come from malt and right. do come from different growing regions and sometimes when and and seasons and soils and when you when you use a malt uh sometimes it's like you know there's a problem it's like well there wasn't yeah. enough of a certain nutrient uh, right. you know for where that was grown it it varies and that's one of the reasons why you use these nutrients just to ensure that there is enough available mm-hmm. of of something like that that's right yeah but it it's got to be available in, in one way or another yeah, I don't. I don't know what under what compounds it's bound up with. I don't know how the yeast actually make it available to themselves. You know what kind mm-hmm. of enzymes they use. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't think though that the enzymes in malt, the proteolysis, you know, the proteases would uh, necessarily free it up mm. to make it, you know, uh, advantageous to the brewer, um, even with extended mashing. So. All right, here's uh, John from uh, Hackensack, New Jersey. He said, I recently started crushing my own grain and unexpectedly jumped from 65% to about 78% efficiency. Uh, I was brewing your German pills from Brewing Classic Styles when this happened, and the jump in efficiency took me from 1048 to about 1055 OG. Uh, I had already made my yeast starter based on your pitching rate calculator, and and he had had it in the fridge ready to decant once the wort was cooled. 
Uh, he said, I always chill to 44 degrees and pitch cold, as you recommend. The question is, is there a way to make up for the jump in efficiency in regards to the amount of yeast needed to pitch? Well, grow more yeast, but yeah. I would, you know, the, the thing is, if, if it's, uh, you know, chilled in the fridge and you're decanting off the uh, spent wort, what I would do is morning of, you know, your brew day, I would add some more starter wort to it and get uh-huh. it active and going, and I think you'd be fine. Yeah. Especially, you know, given those numbers, I think you'd... you'd and 44 rock, to 55 is not that drastic yeah, a jump. Yeah, you know, and even if you didn't do that, I think you'd just toss it in and you'd be good to go. In in, in a logger, though, isn't that a big jump for a logger? Uh, it's it's borderline, but it's yeah. not... We're not talking 65, in It's other not words. the end of the world. Yeah. And I, again, I think if you just added starter wort to, to that, you know, decanted... Uh, you know, yeast cake, you, you'd be good. Mm-hmm. But what about pitching a little warmer? <sighs> Don't want to do that. No, I, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. All right, let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll have more of your questions and more of our answers. Right after this. Right after this. A few things happened 30 years ago. Arpanet migrated to TCP/IP, and the internet was born. Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let Badass bitch Jade and Bruin brother Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. Downtown Joe's, where everyone is welcome, especially if you like drinking and tasting beer. Head brewer Colin Kamensky's favorite beers are the Tantric IPA and the Double Secret Probation IPA. But you'll have loads of others to choose from when you redeem your exclusive Brewing Network savings. Downtown Joe's is the best brewery destination and the hottest night spot in Napa. Colin invites all homebrewers and fans of craft beer to stop by and enjoy the great food and beer. Whether you're in the mood for riverside dining, live music, or just hanging out at the bar to meet a person of the opposite sex or a person of the same sex, Downtown Joe's has exactly what you're looking for. And now just mention the Brewing Network to receive a dollar off your beer at Downtown Joe's. That's right, take a dollar off every one of their great selection of craft beers, including the Lazy Summer Wheat, Golden Thistle Porter, and the Triple Dog Dare You. Come to Downtown Joe's and enjoy the laid-back atmosphere of Napa's best brew pub. Visit downtownjoes.com right now for current beers, the live music schedule, or to drool over their delicious menu items. Downtown Joe's, your neighborhood brew pub where everyone is welcome. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the the next meeting. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. 
That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of Citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Williams Brewing announces their first customer recipe issue since 1991. This free 64-page catalog includes 27 of the best home-brewing recipes submitted by their regular customers. Best of all, this paper-only catalog is free for the asking. Just go to williamsbrewing.com and click on the free customer recipe issue link. This offer expires October 18th. While you are on the site, check out some of the latest exclusives like the Williams Oatmeal Stout Malt Extract, the Big Oxygen System, and they even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection and enjoy their famous customer service. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Like the Lance Armstrong of the beer world. Except for that nut thing. This is Bruce Strong. All right. During the break, we played uh, What's Worse, Jew or Ginger. <laughs> not, not a very fun game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We uh, talked about uh, contractors. We talked about... Uh, what else did we talk about? I don't know. I'm losing track. Um, slabs. Slabs. We talked about slabs. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you, if you've got a slab, you got a big slab, you need Adam some help with that. AdamandEve.com. Absolutely. You, well, you know, what, what's the kind of things you would buy for your slab uh, there, Scott? What would you What would you look for at AdamandEve.com to, to treat your slab? Uh, a grinder and a polisher, for sure. <laughs> yeah, right? Absolutely. <laughs> you've got an uneven slab, I heard. Yeah. Oh, well... It depends on the day. Uh, maybe a, a trowel, like a, a, a notched trowel. <laughs> a notched trowel? Yeah. Uh-huh. I, don't, I, don't, that's, I don't know what more you would need. Are you going to lay some adhesive on that? I would hate to describe that, my life that way. Yeah. Epoxy the corners. <laughs> oh, yeah, you would. All right. So if you're going to epoxy your corners, what you do is go over to adamandeve.com, and you're going to find your notched trowel. Mm-hmm. You're going to buy your notched trowel. You're going to get 50% off of that notched trowel. Right, that's all you have to spend. That fifty percent off of any almost any one item. 
right and uh they get a lot of items and they got good pricing so you're getting it at half price they just want to get you as a customer because yeah. once you experience yeah. their customer service and their their they've quality got, once their pricing, they've got yeah, yeah you're gonna you're gonna keep buying from them so <laughs> you buy the one thing 50 percent off and then that's all the money you spend <laughs> use the offer code jamal probably gonna yank that at some point pardon me <laughs> use the offer code jamal j-a-m-i-l you're gonna get uh in addition to the 50 percent off the one item you're gonna get three free adult dvds you get to choose from genres such as anal amateur asian big breast big butt bisexual chunky coach fetish gay interactive pov lesbian milfs etc and trials and trials then you're going to get a free extra gift, so essential I can't mention it, and you're going to get free shipping. Ooh, yep. So like I said, you spent 50% off of an item, yep, you know, yep. 50% of the price of an item, and you get all this other stuff, and it's shipped to you for free. You can't beat this deal. Yeah. Go to adamandeve.com. You can even do it from your mobile phone, adamandeve.com. Use the offer code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, at adamandeve.com. You'll be blown away. If, if you have any need for... Uh, adult well, entertainment neat. type of stuff, you know. No matter who 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 you're with, there you. Uh, you know, uh, uh, doesn't doesn't matter your situation. Jamil Enjoy. will get you there. <laughs> Absolutely, use use the offer code Jamil J A M I L, and you're gonna you're gonna enjoy with your special someone. Next time, try and give it like a two Mississippi in between blown and away. You're gonna be blown. <laughs> Away, like that. <laughs> there you go. All right. All right. The next one is from uh, Mark in Colorado. He said, uh, howdy, guys. I'm a frequent, as in weekly, brewer. Uh, you could use freak. Went. Yeah, I should have paused. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, he's a homebrew club board member as well. He said, one particular step in the process I don't care for is creating yeast starters. Uh, he said he brews a 10-gallon batch of typically 1060 to 1075 gravities. I understand the importance of starters, he says, and I always make them um, for four liter. Uh, since I use the same yeast strain the majority of the time, I've wondered how practical is it to maintain a yeast brink such that I can always pull enough yeast for each weekly brew? What would it take for the semi-professional homebrew setup? Uh, and if not practical for the weekly brewer, how about for a brew club? Hmm. I think that's an interesting question. Yeah, It's just how practical is it? Can you explain just what a yeast brink is first? So a brink is, uh, you know, a, a place that you store yeast. As as a you know professional brewery, you you know there's lots of yeast being produced, and what you do is pump it over to another tank that just is designed for storing your yeast. And then uh, when you brew another batch, you just pump some over to that you know tank, or you know pull some off and dump it into that next tank. How how do you need to maintain that yeast brink? I mean, do you have to circulate the yeast? Does it have to be agitated? To help? Yeah, there's a lot of theories in there. Um, so they did studies on constant stirring, uh, which you know that was the thought it was going to you know actually improve you know yeast health and all that. And constant stirring does not do uh, so great for yeast, but intermittent stirring. So there's like you know x number of you know, stirring okay. per 24 hours that, you know, happens and that helps, you know, mitigate hot spots. But if you stir too much, it, you know, you tend, breaking the, it down. The, well, yeah, the, I think the yeast uh, tend to use their nutrients up and, uh, okay. yeah. And, yeah. And, and degrade faster. So, um, you know, they're stirred. 
you can add in oxygen and word or sugars or things like that. I mean, you know, there's a lot of different things. Temperature control is a big one. Uh, cooler uh-huh. normal than or normal fermentation temps well you want to store it as cold as possible okay. without freezing it the other thing is uh you know a lot of the bigger yeast brinks will have uh uh load cells on them so you can tell how much yeast oh, you're pitching by the weight. weight yeah okay um you know when you get up to a bigger scale uh but you know when we're talking homer scale you probably put that on a scale yeah and you know pitch by weight just based off of the scale uh that might be one way to do it uh you know, you could have a a vessel with a you know a paint stir stick that was you know sanitized and had a a nice you know tight gasket on top that you just stir with you know you turn mm-hmm. with the handle once a day. Just somebody turns it. Yeah, That'd so be it doesn't stratify cool. and yeah die at the bottom. Right, right. You end up with these these spots where the yeast start breaking down and uh, you know it ends up like a hot spot of you know yeast uh, lysis. Yeah, yeah, and you know. I think that that could be an issue as well. Um, but I think the bigger thing is, you know, when you're – the reason that a, a bigger brewery uses a brink is because the cost and, and handling in mm-hmm. growing up yeast is an issue. So right. – um, and you're talking at such a large scale. When you're, when you're doing homebrew size, you should not be afraid of doing a starter. That's right. And there's, there's ways to do it. I, what I did at home was I would can starter wort. And then mm-hmm. it was, you know, the sealed, perfect, sterile wort at room temperature that mm-hmm. uh, I would just, you know, clean the outside with isopropyl, give it a quick flame, pop it open, and pour it in with yeast, and that's it. Yeah. I mean, it's quick and easy. The nutrients were already in it. It was, you know, uh, already done. And I would make yeah. up like five gallons at a time. So every time I just needed it, I'd just pour it in, and and off you go. So it's, it's quick and easy to do a start. I, I don't think you should be... Uh, you know, avoiding starters, yeah. yeah. But uh, I, th- I think you know the, the possibility of doing a brink of some kind. The the problem is the way you load yeast into a brink is off of these big fermentations, and I would never ever share yeast uh, between home brewers. Um, a a lot of a lot of breweries have contaminated yeast. Oh, yeah, I see. They don't saying. they don't check their yeast, they don't have a lab, they don't Right. I I would not trust them. And the longer it sits out and the more it's transferred, the it's more getting, contamination is going to happen. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, you know, the only brewery I trust for yeast cleanliness is me. Okay. Uh, so yeah. us and I I trust like White Labs and White Yeast, and that's it. That's mm-hmm. a, that's the extent of who we trust. So when you say it sits out, it gets it gets worse, progressively worse. Yeah, I mean the, the contamination builds up, and mm-hmm. can it build up to what? Like, what's the end point? What's the worst that it can get to? Well, we, where you have more contamination than yeast, and you end up with uh, you know a bacterial fermentation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, a sour well, I do, beer. I do trust Russian River? True. There you go. In Sierra Nevada. <laughs> It's probably would, a longer I, list. I would, I would trust Sierra Nevada. Yeah. yeah, there you go. All right, here's a question from Sanjay Shaw. He said, I have a question for uh, the Brew Strong crew. Does the Mr. Multi pitching rate calculator assume that you add oxygen to the starter wort when making a starter? Thought of this question after reading Jamil's portion of a recent article in Zymergy. In Jamil's section about how to make a starter, he mentioned adding oxygen before pitching the yeast into the starter wort. Um, the, uh, 
pitching rate calculator has settings for starter with oxygen, stirred. I mean, there's there's a, a pull down list where you can pick all those. Okay, is that a re- relatively new uh, addition to the no, calculator? I've been there since early on. Oh, okay, since like day one. So there you go. All right, here's one from Austin, another uh, uh, Bible <laughs> in the form of an email. Uh, dear John Jamel, been listening to be on podcast for almost a year now and have almost finished with 2009. Wow. Not listening to the current shows because he's not yet caught up. Uh, <laughs> I'll be bringing my first logger this so week. He'll hear this show in like 2017. Sometime good, around. Good for you. <laughs> the uh, next uh, president. Yeah, okay. So I religiously use Jamil's uh, yeast pitching rate calculator for all of my starters, but I don't know how to use that and step up a starter in tandem. Mm-hmm. This is for his first logger that he's brewing this week. Mm-hmm. So it was probably, you know, six months ago that he yeah. was brewing this first lager. Uh, you know, I thought about adding, uh, you know, a, a stepped starter kind of tab to that calculator, but I've got so much else to do, I just haven't done it. Um, you know, what you can do is you you start out with, uh, you know, a given... Uh, one liter or you know one vial and one you know one liter or whatever and and grow that up to whatever yeah and just mess with the numbers and then you can say okay that produces this much and then you go to your repitching and you can you know go from there or you can grow from there and and every vial is like 100 to 110 billion cells so you can say okay i've got 330 billion cells from that step Mm -hmm. uh that's equal to three vials yeah, so I find go. it so much easier just to buy one, two, two or three valves at the start. Oh, Mister Money Bags here. Yeah, well, but you know, like five, but another five bucks, ten bucks on the mm-hmm. batch. Not pack. everyone's uh, hammering royalty checks from brewing classic styles, Palmer. Oh well, <laughs> <laughs> it should be. Darn it. Uh, let me just give a couple more specifics from this guy. He said, "Here are his specs. I'm I'm following the brewing classic styles to George Bopill's recipe to the T." Uh, so he said he'll be pitching into five and a half gallons of wort that will have a starting gravity of 1055, and he'll be using uh, WLP 800, the Pilsner lager yeast, with a production date of June 2013. That was uh, three months before he brewed. How can he obtain the recommended 422 billion yeast cells while only using one vial? Uh, with one vial, and you're talking about getting to... 400 and what 422 422 um you're 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 gonna have to get with a three month old you're gonna have to do uh you know two steps um because one of the things is the amount of multiplication you can get from yeast before they pretty much stop is you know like three to five range right so uh, you know, they, they can do that number of steps. You have to kind of exponentially, you know, figure out how many steps that is at, you know, what growth that would be. But so what, what I would do given a vial, I would, uh, and I'd take that vial and I'd probably do a two liter starter. If you've got two liter, mm-hmm. if he has the ability to do two liter on a stir plate, uh, or shake it, you know, just shake it every hour. Um, you know, I'm always shaking it every hour. Uh, and that, that helps as well. And that's going to get you about double, uh, what, what you had before. Hmm. So now instead of one vial, 
you got two. And from two vials, you should be able to reach, you know, 422. Okay, yeah, he actually did say he kind of cheated already and did his own version, but it yeah, sounds like go. he was on the right path. He right. said he made a two-liter yeast starter with 1040-wort, pitched mm-hmm. the yeast, yep. stayed on a stir plate for 36 hours yep. until he made another two-liter. Absolutely. Okay, yep. and there you go. Uh, you know, the next one probably should have been three or something like that, but yeah, you know, close enough. All right, here's one from John Breen. And the fact is, you know, that, that yeast coming off that starter, that is like, you know, vital and fresh and all this. No matter how good Y yeast and White Labs are in producing these packaged yeasts and how great they were before they went in the package, three months down the road, as much as I love all these guys, right. it's not as good as when it left the factory. Right. And when you make a good starter and you provide nutrients and all that, it is, you know, within a small amount of exactly as great as it was leaving the factory. Right. So there you go. I mean, it's, you know, it's a matter of timing and things like that to really get the, you know, the maximum reserves into the yeast and things like that. So you're not that far off. So, you know, make a starter. They've got great products. Absolutely use those products, but make a starter. (laughs) All right. Here's one from uh, John Breen said, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for the resource. Being a uh, brewing noob, I'm still getting caught up on all the past episodes, so forgive me if this has been covered. But he was looking through the old episode topics, did not see shows dedicated to oxygen, the good and the bad. He mm-hmm. said it would seem like there could be a ton of talk regarding this, like headspace and fermenters and bottles, oxygenating wort, use of O2 caps, purging methods, proper racking techniques, etc. That's not a very specific question. So that's right. a show topic suggestion, eh? Right. Well, and, and oxygen in, in things like starters, I think, um, you know... They're, they're, well, time time on the stir plate, for one. Yeah, the stir plate, you know, mixes the yeast in with all the nutrients, gives them access to it. You know, it's, it, you go back to the story of, uh, like, uh, Yorkshire squares. Okay. And yeah. why, you know, Yorkshire squares will produce more diacetyl is because of the, the square corners. And it's kind of a dead corner. You don't get a lot of mixing through there. Okay. It tends to be, you know, one of the things that happens. And, I, you know, the thing, same thing happens in a starter. You know, when the yeast cannot access the nutrients or other compounds that are produced, uh, you know, it, it's it's not sufficient. So if you can, you know, keep these mixed so they have access to all the other uh, nutrients that are there. Right. And then they, it's also dispersing any byproducts that the yeast are producing. Right. It actually helps the yeast, uh, you know, it, it's giving them the optimal opportunity to, you know, take in what they need and get rid of what they don't right. to grow. Yeah. So that's one of the things that, that the stir plate does. And it also drives off CO2, which tends to suppress uh, yeast activity. Right. It also tends to allow a little more ingress of uh, oxygen because you're mixing that, that surface layer that oxygen is diffusing through. Right. If you keep exchanging, it's like a, like a fish tank. When you have a fish tank, people put in these bubble stones and all that. And they're like, oh, that's adding oxygen to the water. No, it's not. It's, it's just, adding very, very little. What it's doing is making the, the liquid flow up to the top and exchange the surface layer yeah. of water. And that's where most of the diffusion is occurring. And then it's just naturally diffusing in, and, and you're constantly refreshing that diffusing layer across the top surface. 
same thing happens in a in a starter. <clears throat> that also depends on how you're you're uh, sizing your starter vessel. If you get an Erlenmeyer flask, you know they're they're wide at the base, they're narrow at the top. If you fill that thing to the top, you've got a narrow surface for uh, diffusion of oxygen and uh, dispelling CO2 and things like that. So really you want to get a, a big enough Erlenmeyer that you're further down into the barrel, the body of the of the okay. flask. So you have a larger surface area. You're going to get more oxygen exchange that right. way. Right. So, you know, uh, you can you could do a uh, a fuller Erlenmeyer and you could, you know, pump in with like an, a sterile filtered aquarium pump to, you know, more, bubble yeah. bubble stuff in there. But you know, again, the 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 problem being um, the surface area of just bubbling air in there doesn't do very well. It, a sintered stone mm-hmm. uh, can provide a little bit more, but again, surface area. If you have a nice broad surface area, you're gonna, get, you know, that surface that really exchange. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. I don't know if that really answered, but uh, it's okay. good information. It, it wasn't really a question, so there Here you go. go. All right, let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll wrap up with uh, more of your questions after this. Now, Northern Brewer presents What If Homebrewers Ruled the World? Ladies and gentlemen, if you'll follow me, I will lead you into the gallery area. Now, the first piece up for sale today is a Jamil Zena Chef original, a bottle of 1997 vintage Evil Twin. Oh, I see. A bidding for this one-of-a-kind piece will start at £7,000. And if you'll continue to follow me, ladies and gentlemen, I can show you a rather abstract piece from Bay Area brewer Justin Crossley. It's a German Doppelbach entitled Justin's Giant Bach. The brewer's notes here indicate that this beer has... Excellent monster. That's just a crazy dream. Or is it? With Northern Brewer, a thirsty nation can craft its own ale and water for the greater good of mankind. Northern Brewer, the home of superior customer service and the finest selection of home brewing goods for the future. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own Magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the Home Brewed Chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your home brew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine is the new go-to source for homebrewing enthusiasts and anyone passionate about craft beer. Each new issue is full of inspiration, recipes, and techniques for homebrewing, cooking and pairing food with beer, and features from craft brewers and the world of craft beer. More than 120 full-color pages of content, quarterly releases, and annual specials. Get practical advice from brewing experts, equipment reviews, great interviews, and much, much more. 
more. There's a new craft beer magazine available right now. Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine on newsstands now. Visit www.beerandbrewing.com. Subscribe now and get your limited edition bottle opener free today. Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine, the new word in craft beer and brewing. Biggest innovation in Brewers Yeast in 125 years is here. Yeast that has never been exposed to the environment. See it for yourself at NHC in Grand Rapids. Pure yeast instantiation. White Labs. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. to brew has never been so disgusting. This is Brew Strong. Alright, we're back. We're talking about uh, we're talking about tasting rooms. We're yep. talking about uh, Wall Street. Wall Street, we're talking about insulting each other's uh, heritages and uh, we're talking about uh, what else were we talking about? <laughs> The Wailing Wall in Jerusalem. Yeah, we were, so we're essentially insulting Scott. Um, yeah. There you go. All right. Well, you want me to uh, read you the question? I mean, I don't know if sure. I, I might screw it up or something. I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you might wail about it. I don't know. Uh, this is from uh, Chris uh, Geneva. He said, first off, thanks for all the years of great info. I can brew very good beer and give 90% of the credit to John and Jamal. Yeah, spell my name correctly, you <laughs> freaking douche. 90% of the credit. Huh? I wonder what the other 10% is. Google? Yeah, it's it's all you, Scott. Me? You yeah. are oh. the 10%. Yeah. That's You're not- more like the 1%er, but hey. Yeah. Maybe another 1% for JP. <laughs> I'd like to see how the other 99% lives, personally. I've heard, but I don't, <laughs> right, you know, right, right. I don't know. It must suck. Anyway, I ra- he says, I ran into a problem a few weeks ago. I was going to be brewing the next day and was getting things set up when I realized that I was missing a packet of yeast. I often use uh, US05 rather than 1096 because my preferred store caters less to technical brewers and only carries dry yeast. Long story short, I made a starter rather than under pitch. I know this is frowned upon, but yeast is yeast. If I make a good starter with plenty of oxygen and nutrient, would there be any downside to this? 
Uh, no, not hmm. really. I mean, the, the, the thing about, you know, dry yeast and not making starters with dry yeast is twofold. One is it's cheaper to just, most of the time, to just buy more dry yeast. Um, and pitch the, more. Yeah. And pitch more that way. The other is that, um, you know, there's, there's so many cells in dry yeast compared to like a tube or a smack pack that when you make a starter, a lot of times people are making like this half liter or one liter starter and they're putting in, you know, 10 billion cells. Right. There's not much room for or, them to know, grow. Uh, yeah. Not much nutrient for them to grow. Right. Or they're, they're putting in, uh, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, a trillion cells, uh, then they're not going to do a whole lot of good. Right. So you need a, a pretty big starter to get most dry yeast going. So that's that's the 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 reason why we talk against you know doing starters with with dry yeast. Right. It's it's not you're going to hurt anything. It's just you're not really mm-hmm. helping yourself. Well, and you could hurt it if if you provided so little nutrient that they kind of get going and then they kind of peter out and mm-hmm. they end up burning more glycogen reserves and right. and, and than they they actually uh you know gain at the end you don't gain any cell growth and you've just kind of spent what they had stored up before they dried them he did say that he was very successful with this fermentation he said he felt that it went better than those uh used a proportionate amount of rehydrated yeast he said uh-huh. he posted this on the forum that he frequents and he got some serious bashing most of it in the name of Zena Chef and White <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that Zaynashev is used to bash people. Right, there you go. All right, here is one from Danny. It's uh, not really about starters, but it is about fermentation, so I'll read it. Uh, he said, uh, hello, Brew Strong crew. On the last episode of High Gravity Beers Brewing, you mentioned that when uh, brewing a beer above 1082, it is best to dose some oxygen a few hours after fermentation. My question mm-hmm. is, when using an air pump with an aeration stone, with a recommendation change? No, I, 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 I think uh, you're even more desperate for oxygen than if if your first batch was air pump with uh, air stone. I think you're kind of screwed mm-hmm. right off of that off the bat, and then you know, so you even it's even more necessary to. You do don't it get the to, saturation with air that you do with oxygen. Right, right. So I think you need to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hit it again before it looks like it's. Uh, you know, going to start fermenting, just give it another dose of oxygen. And what people will tell you is like, you know, I added more oxygen. And uh, and I've heard people say this is like, well, if it's not fermenting well, I'll hit it with another dose of oxygen. And then, you know, people will, will take this and they'll do it. And it's like, it, and it still wouldn't ferment. It's like, well, when you add oxygen, you're slowing the yeast down from getting into fermentation phase. What you're doing is adding more to the growth phase. Mm-hmm. You're adding oxygen, so they they don't ferment, and so it's going to take longer for active fermentation to start. That's why you're seeing this lag. You're extending the lag phase. You're like, no, let's grow more, let's grow more, let's build up our sterols, let's you know do all this stuff, and then we'll ferment. Yeah. So you're, you're you're going, wait, 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 you're not ready here. Let's add some more. So that's you know part of the one of the things about uh, adding oxygen. So there you go. Let's do one more quick one from the chat room. Guest 5170912 said, Is leaving the starter on the counter overnight okay? Uh, is then in a temp-controlled environment overkill for a starter? Hmm. Is a temp-controlled environment overkill for a starter? 
Uh, no. Um, well, it's not overkill. I mean, you know, it depends on what the counter is at. If the counter at like 200 yeah. degrees, the counter at like 32. <laughs> no, it's not a hibachi. I think it's just a kitchen counter. Okay. Um, one one thing you can can do is if you leave your starter on the stir plate two days, you know, you've the yeast have have eaten up all the sugar in that starter, and but there's this continual ingress of oxygen because of the stir, it's on the stir plate. They're going to start burning through their their glycogen reserves uh, because they've got this oxygen to work with, rather than if that starter been pulled off the stir plate. After twelve hours, twenty-four hours, and capped and let to sit on the counter, uh, they're going to go dormant. You know, they've 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 absorbed the oxygen, they've built up their sterols, they've built up the glycogen reserves, and now they're going to go dormant until you pitch them to a new environment. Uh, so I think, in that sense, mm-hmm. leaving it on the counter overnight is not a big deal. Right, right. Well, and a lot of times, I, and he's saying temperature control. I think. Um, uh, you, you know, you don't you don't want to, you know, if you're if you're growing lager yeast, you grow them at room temperature. You grow them, you know, yeah. in the seventy to eighty degree range, all all your starters, and you're fine. You know, you're going to get more growth. You're going to get, and then you you know slowly transition them over to lager temperature, and then pitch that versus growing them at lager temperature. You're just gonna not going to get as much growth, and there's no reason to grow them at a lower temperature um you know people talk about oh you know we're they're gonna acclimate and all that i don't think i don't believe that you know john the, the point you make is is very good um and you know at the end of a starter letting it sit for 12 to 24 hours actually helps them you know build their glycogen reserves when they run out of you know the sugars to eat then they they kind of start you know closing down business and they they build up their supplies because they know they're going to have to wait until the next thing right so giving them that that point but like john saying don't uh you know continue to stir them because that's going to actually you know burn through their reserves um so yeah all right so yeah not a problem temperature wise there you go all right let's take a short break when we come back we will wrap up oh we're we're done yes sir we've done three breaks Yep. And we have? Yep. Oh, Jesus Christ, you're right. <laughs> God, who's been drinking during this show? Well, we will be right back, but just, you know, in a few uh, weeks. We'll be back in a few weeks. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I had fun doing these shows. Me too. I'm glad you'd be here, John. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the HA rally at Heretic. That's going to be a ball. There you go, April 26th, and uh, you can get to HA, uh, our homebrew association.org, whatever it is. And, yeah. Uh, uh, sign up right there at the AHA Rally at Heretic. Mm-hmm. Come on out. If you're an AHA member, it's free. Yeah. You can't beat it. Google it. Find it. We'll lots, be there. Lots of good stuff, and it'll be a blast. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And if you enjoy this show, uh, make sure to check out our fine sponsors. Check out Blickman Engineering, Adam and Eve. Right. Uh, tell them how much you enjoy that they sponsor the show. Go to the Brewing Network slash store. Buy some goodies. Get a get a cool shirt, and uh, you know wear it to the HA rally. Till then, everybody, brew strong, brew strong. Brew strong.